I always think that packaging starts with the person that you're helping, not your expertise. Because if you start it with your expertise, what happens is you create a product that you really want to deliver, but actually probably doesn't help your ideal client that well. Um, so the first thing that you do when it comes to packaging up your expertise is really understand your ideal client and their pains. And if their pains don't align with your expertise, then you need to find a different ideal client. Welcome to 7 to 8, our special series on 7 and 8 figure speakers. In this interview series, some of the hottest speakers in the industry who've made over 7 figures in a year or less will uncover their twists and turns in their adventures, helping you to avoid the potholes and stick to the fast track. Welcome now to Center Stage, our next guest speaker. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I am here with my most amazing guest, Amanda. Amanda, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to talk to you. Excellent. So give us a highlight of who you are and what you do for business. Yeah, so uh, my name is Amanda C. Watts, and I specialize in helping accountants, advisors, and business coaches to package up their services and be able to charge more for what they do. And then what we do is we take that to market and we get them known and enable them to grow their businesses. And I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. Lovely. So how did you get into packaging projects yeah. for accountants, especially? That's the I thing. That's the niche. So, uh, yeah, for me, I've been in business since 2009. So we're now looking at, what, 14, 15 years? That's a, that's a long time. Um, and for many, many years, I've really, really struggled. Um, I would go out, I do local networking, I launched my business to help people, you know, with social media, all that kind of thing. And I found it really, really difficult because I was selling my services for um, for the hour. So I would charge £25, $25 for me to do copywriting or run their social media accounts. Um, and it was all priced by the hour. And I really struggled to break through £400 a month, £1,000 a month. And it was really, really exhausting. And I decided to invest and get a coach and learn how to grow a business because it all sounds fun, doesn't it? I'm going to have my own business and work my own hours and have freedom, but it doesn't actually work like that. Um, so I got some support. And what I really found I was very, very good at as I started working with my clients is that, yeah, marketing's great. But if you don't have a really good product and a really good offer, you're find it very, very difficult to keep clients, to charge your worth, all that kind of thing. So I went through that process myself. I used to have rubbish products. You know, I'd, 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 I'd have a coaching program. I'd sell it for a thousand bucks. And it was pretty crap, pardon my French. Um, but I got better and better at it. And I learned how to deliver well, how to help people better, how to uh, exclude a lot of things. Not everybody needs information they need to be able to implement. Um, and I learned how to do really well at that. So I became a bit of like the, the productizing person. Um, and then why accountants? Well, why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, I my, my dad's a tax technician. And very, very, very uh, excellent at what he does, uh, ran his own practice, struggled to get clients, struggled to get high paying clients, said, uh, you know, I watched him go through all that pain. And I, I kind of knew when he was retiring that he was going to turn around to me and go, hey, why can't you help the accountants? So back in 2017, um, I laughed when he said to me, uh, I was like, yeah, all right. 
like with my personality, I'm going to drive them nuts. But actually what happened was my personality inspired them, engaged them, motivated them because they were, they had their head, they have their head stuck in accounting. They, that's why they started their business. They want to be accountants. So it's not just accountants that I help. I do help business coaches and, and other coaches. I've helped lots of coaches over time. Um, but my real love is helping the accounting profession because I'm changing a, an industry and really helping an industry that has enabled me to have the life I've had um so because that's what dad did that's what gave us the nice holidays and the house and kind of that's that's what I want to give back to the industry um and it's worked for me and it's worked for them so uh, yeah that's how I got into what I'm doing nice I love it so when it comes to accounts in particular and and when I when I'm saying accountants I'm assuming that it kind of applies to all professional services people because they go to learn a, a skill that they're really good at and and business is totally different yeah it just is <laughs> so, they, so they learn maybe 20 minutes of how to actually grow a business and right. the rest of their time is how to do accounting how to do law how to be really good at it that that's what they do isn't it they're they're specialists in their their amazing chosen path um but they're really bad at marketing and growing <laughs> So when you're working with them, do you prefer to work with ones that have an established business or can it be straight out of university? How, how do you prefer to work with people? I don't love the straight out of university because just like I'm sure you and I, we, we find that experience gives us a lot of lessons in life. So you can do straight from, you know, I, I worked for the big four, for example, and decided to set up my own, own consulting accounting firm that that works. If you've got someone that came out of university and decided to launch a business and had been doing it for a couple of years and struggling, that works. So I do work with new businesses, but I like the person to have a bit of experience because it's very difficult to charge your worth if you're a newbie. You're worth kind of, you, you know, you can charge on value when you've been valuable to people and if you have only done learning and never implementing your value isn't there yet because you learn from the mistakes you make not from what you've learned in a textbook so I like to work with those that themselves are experienced even if they're not experienced in running a business thanks it's, it's so hard to explain that to somebody that's new or even somebody that's established and they're going, oh, that sucked. I had to go through it. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the tendering process. <laughs> you kind of have to do it. <laughs> exactly. Like the only reason I've got to where I am today is by my mistakes, not by my, they're, they're easy wins. You, uh, they're repeatable, but you kind of forget about them. It's the mistakes that really, the, the school of hard knocks of running a business really helps you do well in a business and become an overnight success. It only takes 15 years to become an overnight success. It's great. <laughs> exactly. That's what everybody keeps telling me. <laughs> that was awesome. So what, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen um, accountants make in regards to their business, especially in regards to kind of packaging what they do? Yeah, so I always think that packaging starts with the person that you're helping, not your expertise. Because if you start it with your expertise, what happens is you create a product that you really want to deliver, but actually probably doesn't help your ideal client that well. Um, so the first thing that you do when it comes to packaging up your expertise is really understand your ideal client and their pains. 
And if their pains don't align with your expertise, then you need to find a different ideal client. Um, there's no point. I, I call it a phantom avatar uh, where you're like, hey, this, this person's got this pain and I can help them. But actually, they, that person doesn't exist. It's not real. So we don't want a phantom avatar. What we want is someone with fears and frustrations and wants and aspirations that you can help. The, the kind of person that is laying awake at three o'clock in the morning with a really big problem, then you can go, do you know what? That problem, I've got expertise. I can help you with that. I'm not going to help you hour by hour. I'm going to create this product, this this step-by-step product that's going to transform your world. So in six months' time, you're sleeping through the night. Because if you can say to someone, I'm going to help you sleep through the night, you're you're priceless. You're you're worth a lot of money to that person if they're they're awake. So packaging starts with the avatar. It doesn't start with, oh, what can I sell? It starts with the avatar. Nice. So how do people get a hold of their ideal avatar? Say they've been in business and they're working with somebody and they're like, this is not my avatar. <laughs> this is not how I want to spend the next 20 years of my career. Um, how do they find what the right one is and how do they find out what their pain points are? Yeah, it's it's a really good question. And I actually might give a different answer to uh, other people because a lot of people say create a business follow your passion work with people you love all that kind of thing and I actually I work with accountants who are very head driven not heart driven and I I would say I'm very data driven which is why I work with accountants very well so I actually pop everything into an excel spreadsheet and I literally make a head decision so I'm like what number one Uh, Can they be found easily online? Yes. Two, can they afford you? Yes. Do they have a problem that you can help them with? Yes. Do you like them? Yeah, maybe. Do you dislike them? Mm, No, I don't. Okay, great. (laughs) The thing that we have to remember is if you're creating a a seven-figure or an eight-figure business, if you are still the person doing delivery and running that business, once you've created seven, eight figure business, you're really going to struggle. So it doesn't mm-hmm. matter so much about whether or not they're your, your dream person that you want to hang out with all day, because you shouldn't have time to hang out with them if you're creating the right yeah. kind. Of so, But at the same time, if the only people that can afford your services are the mafia and you're like, mm, probably shouldn't be doing that. Oh, but for <laughs> enough spaghetti, I would. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So it's it's kind of when I say make a head decision, not a heart decision, I'm choosing between, for example, marketing agencies and swimming pool teachers. OK, right. so a swimming pool teacher can't afford you. They they probably don't have enough money. You must love hanging out with them because you're really into swimming and that's what your passion is. But actually, the marketing agency can afford you. And that's the person you should choose. So that's what I mean by head versus heart versus mafia. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I'm going to use that. I'm going to be taking that, that in my training. But don't use right. the map. <laughs> nice. So when, so they, they find this person, they find them online, they're asking them, hey, what keeps you up at night kind of thing. And they're getting the answers for those. And they're starting to work with them and, and hash it out. At what point do they go, hey, I can scale this? Or at what point is it like, um, this isn't right fit either. And I should be asking bigger, better, different questions. Yeah. So when you're talking about scaling, you talk about, yes, I can scale this niche and I can scale this, yeah. this 
Yeah, like right. it, you're getting some conversions. It's like, okay, we're good. I could hire somebody. They can start to take over that thing. Then I can start hiring more and I can just sell this and make a machine out of it. Yeah. So first of all, it's going to be really messy when you start. Like if, you, if you're a startup and you're listening to this, it's like expect it to be messy. Don't, don't know what you're doing. Um, but if you are at the brink of where you, you've got a business and you feel like it can take off, the first thing that you have to do there's two things, actually, two things I would recommend you do, not that you have to do because everybody has their own way, but I would recommend you do is one, get a an integrator. So an integrator is someone that runs your operations and actually does all the conversing between you and the rest of the team. So it removes you from having to like lay awake at night and go, oh my gosh, has Bob done this and has Fred done that? You actually only need to speak to your integrator. Having an integrator gives you peace of mind as the business owner. The integrator can't do anything if you haven't created standard operating procedures. So if you don't have everything mapped out, and by everything mapped out, I mean, this is when we send an email. This is when we reply to that email. This is how we do our social media. This is how we take breaks and how we log off our computer. Teeny tiniest micro uh, ideas, if you can put them into standard operating procedures, store it all in Google Drive. You don't need anything fancy. You don't need ClickUp or anything like that. Store it all in Google Drive. That then gets given to your integrator and then you can go, we need to scale. But you can't scale until you have a predictable marketing engine, you have standard operating procedures and you have someone that's going to be there to help you manage it because otherwise it breaks. I know because it's broken many times. <laughs> All right. Uh, so before we get to that stage, obviously we need to figure out how to go from, okay, we got pain points to creating a package. Yeah. because not all packages are created equally. So what kind of elements are you looking for and what do you how do you help people with that? Yeah, so for me, I I I sit down and I say right, this is the avatar and these are their pains. Now, if this avatar was to come to you with the pains, what is the step-by-step -step process that they would have to go through that would enable them to come out the other side and go, oh my gosh, I've had a transformation. And that step-by-step -step process could be 30 or 50 or 60 different steps. So the first thing that I get my clients to do is imagine that they're buying a coffee from Starbucks. And when you're, you're walking into Starbucks, what's the first thing that you do? And they, they go, oh, the first thing I do is look at the menu. And it's like, actually, no, the first thing that you do is you open the door. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Otherwise so, you get smacked in the face by the door because you're looking at the menu. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So I get them to map out and, the, and everyone has to do it uniquely. I don't get involved. And I get them to map out what it's like to buy a coffee from Starbucks every single point. And that then gets uh, the person into the frame of mind of I can't miss anything out. This is how nitty gritty I have to go. And then we do exactly the same with their business. So, you know, your, your ideal client is walking in your front door. What is the process that they're going to do to come away from working with you going, that's exactly what I need, or this is the outcome that I wanted. And we just map it out. And it might be 50, it might be 
be 70, it might be 100 different points. And then what we do is we look at all of those different points and we group them together. And I like to get three really big, chunky milestones that your clients go on with you. And under each of those milestones, I like to have three strategies. So we clump them all together. And at the end of it, you have a transformational package that you can charge three to 10x the price that you probably charge, especially if you're charging by the hour. Um, and what happens is you go, here you go, here's like a, a transformation in a box. We're going to work together for 12 to 36 months and we're going to change your life, Mr. Business Owner. This is what the accountants say. And they go, that's amazing. And they pay them two or three grand a month versus two or three grand a year, which is what they used to do. Nice. So Love that's that. how we do it. That's how we do it. Love that. So you have transitioned your business from the $25 an hour thing to the million dollar business. What did you find was crucial to being able to make that transition for yourself? <laughs> uh, you know what? It's mindset. That's such mm -hmm. a boring, boring answer. But I will, I'll share with you the, the mindset shift that I had. So it's slightly more helpful to those that are listening. Yeah. It's mindset because um, everybody knows that that's really key. Um, I think for me is fear. Fear gets in the way. Fear is I've got to deal with staff. Fear is I've got to send a message to someone I don't know on social media. Fear is I've got to, you know, host a meeting for all of my team. All of that is fear. And I, I learned a very simple three-step process that enables me to manage my mindset. The first thing is I ask myself, what is the worst thing that's going to happen if I take this action? OK, so what's the worst thing? And I, I come up with the answer. Then I say, what is the best thing that's going to happen if I take this action? And then what is the likeliest thing that is going to happen? And when I look at it, it never is going to be that bad. The likeliest thing is it's going to work. And if it doesn't work, the, the not working is isn't that bad so I suppose it's two things one managing my mindset but also learning to self-coach myself so that I don't stop because um I even said this to to one of my coaches the other day I was like why do I have success and I'm still watching people struggling at you know 100k to to make 100k and they said you take action Amanda so I suppose mindset isn't the biggest thing. It's the working on your mindset so you can take action is the thing and not being the biggest blocker. I work really fast and I break stuff and I drive my team mad. You know, I can, I can launch a, a new offer. I can launch a new marketing plan in five minutes. And they're like, whoa, you haven't done this properly. I'm like, I don't care. Let's see if it breaks. And then I'll fix <laughs> What? But what will your clients think? What if you have a typo? Well, that's, you know what? I've had typos and working with accountants. They don't like them very much. I have to No, they don't. No, they don't. Um, and lawyers are even worse. They, they're really particular. I did work mm. with a couple of lawyers and was like, I can't do that. You're like spending three hours reading through my terms and conditions and it's only two pages. It's like, <laughs> I found it really hard. So, so there are some rules around niching. Um, but... Mm. Yeah, it's it's about taking action fast and being prepared to break things. Don't waste money. Like I do not waste money. I go through my accounts every single day. I literally on my phone, I have my business accounts. We run the profit first system. Uh, I know if, if anyone isn't paying and they're a day late, I know about it. 
like that is my job to know. Um, that's made a really big difference. So I'm not talking about being reckless. I'm just talking about taking action first. All right. So when it comes to kind of doing that, so let's say it's as simple as a social media. <laughs> let's you're you're going. Yeah. Hey, we've got this product. I think it might sell. It's conceptual. We're just going to yeah. do a social media blitz. See how it goes. That to me all sounds very safe. And but I do that every day. <laughs> so somebody might not think that that's kind of safe and appropriate because you know somebody says, "Hey, we have to be a little more vulnerable. We have to tell people about you know some of the mistakes we've made and how we've overcome them." And the owner is losing their mind going, if we tell people how we've screwed up in the past, people aren't going to want to do business with us. It's not how it works. So if they're faced with something like that, so technically it's easy to do, but emotionally it's like. (laughs) (laughs) Really hard. And I actually made that mistake. I, I actually shared my mistakes too quickly. So I was running a business prior to 2017. I was running a business and uh it was great i I worked predominantly with health and wellness coaches i ran a a face-to-face business club it was doing good money it was multiple six figures but i got burnt out and i was stuffed like proper stuffed. couldn't get out of bed couldn't move it was an absolute disaster i i'd done it wrong basically and what i did is I, i put a post on social media and i was just like if you do too much, you're going to burn out. And I've burnt out. And the next two weeks, I have never had so many flowers arrived at my house. So Aww. everybody sent flowers. Nice. Then, then what happened was my revenue started going down. Amanda's <laughs> burnt out. Amanda's, here, have some flowers, but don't take my money. Have some flowers. We love you, Amanda. You're so lovely, but don't take my money. And what happened was I killed my business by sharing what I was going through in that moment. Okay. So that was a huge lesson for me. Never share what's happening in that moment. Yeah. But what you can do is six months after you've gone down and you're back up, then you can share the lesson because then it's helpful because then you're back on fire. You're the phoenix that has risen. And now it's a good lesson. It's not, oh, I'm burnt out. It's, I got burnt out and this is how I got better. Now follow how I get better. So that was a really great experience. It was a horrendous experience. I don't want to say it was great. It was horrendous, (laughs) but it was a great lesson. Like I said, we learned from our lessons. So now Anything negative, I don't put online until I'm out of the other side. So, so anybody who's like, oh, I'm really scared to do that. Maybe now isn't the time. Maybe your fear is right. Because if you're in the midst of it, you don't want to share you're going through pain. Because I wouldn't invest 10, 20 or 30,000 pounds with someone if I knew that they were really tired all the time and they're a bit burnt out and they're not bringing their A game and they don't feel great. Well, don't take my money. I'm going to give it to someone who's on top form. So, yeah, that's that's a big, big lesson. And I often say it's like, hey, I've learned my $10,000 lesson on somebody else. And here's how I want you to save the money on it. So yeah. if you have the, you know, the outcome, the ideal outcome, already then it's the appropriate time to then you can share until you have that little nugget of information it's probably a little early yeah probably a little early they'll send you flowers if if you've got a great (laughs) online online and i have our business sell them yeah but it's like (laughs) i have never seen so many flowers in my house but the money went down yeah you can't re-gift flowers (laughs) 
You can't. Doesn't pay your mortgage. Flowers do not pay your mortgage. Oh, awesome. So again, when we're looking with accounts in particular and somebody's thinking, okay, but Amanda, I don't do it that way. I take the blah, blah, blah and do the blah, blah, blah. Why should I? What do you say to those people? Like they want to, they're just, they're afraid to move forward because they think that they're going to be offering something that they don't have the wherewithal to offer or like something else is going on for them. Yeah, confidence. Uh, is something actually that is a muscle that grows and sometimes you have to close your eyes and jump and you're not going to get better at that and you're not going to get feedback on that offer and you're not going to know if it's a good offer or a bad offer unless you take it to market if you get tumbleweed and nobody wants to buy it then it's a bad offer but if you sit on it going oh well I can't do anything um, one your revenue is not going to grow and two you're not going to know that it's a bad offer so in six months when you get the confidence to do it you've just wasted six months like make <laughs> now like make mistakes now I love that so what else in your kind of in your venture to seven figures start with that one do you think is kind of if you let's put it this way if you knew now, then what you know now, what would you have done differently? Oh, it's funny. Uh, I don't like your question. And the reason I don't like your question is because I don't like my answer. And the reason <laughs> I enough. don't like my answer is because uh, as you get to seven figures, I've never made it to eight figures, but as you get to seven figures, you need help, you need team. And team is actually a pain in the butt. It's hard work. And my biggest lesson is hire team faster, but actually my biggest Achilles heel, my biggest pain in my butt is my team. Um, so it's kind of get, get comfortable with knowing that you're probably going to be a really bad manager and that you're going to burn through team. And the best thing that you can do is get support if you're not good at managing team, which I'm not. I am not a team player. I, I'm really, I want to be people's friend. And then when they're my friend and they don't do as I say, we fall out, okay? What I need to do, and that's why I get a lot of support with my team and have a middleman, is because I can have a relationship with one person, but I want a relationship with 50 people and I can't have that relationship with 50 people. So I get team and I should have hired faster, but I should have got the integrator to help and support faster as well. So yeah, higher, higher fast, um, or well, actually the saying's higher, slow, fire fast. <laughs> but actually, um, if you've not hired before, don't hire slow because you don't know what you're doing. Make hire mistakes. early. Hire early. <laughs> hire yeah. early, slowly, hire and early. fire fast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hire early. Um, if you are in so much pain that you need help, you've probably hired too late. That I would say you've, lo you've lost out a lot of money and time if you're in pain when you're hiring. Nice. And there's also a philosophy of hire only the best right off the bat. What's your opinion on that one? Um, hire only the best. Yeah, because the best will probably make you more money in the long term. So it feels like a cost when you when you're like you're, you're hey, I could go to Upwork and hire someone for ten dollars an hour or I could pay someone thirty five dollars or fifty dollars an hour in U.S., Go with the $35 to $50 an hour person in US because A, they get you, 
they understand your culture um, and they will probably bring more to the table, more ideas and more support. If they don't, they're not a good fit, but actually they'll make you more money in the long term. They'll save you money in the long term because when you hire cheap and you outsource, this is through my experience, they don't do the thinking. Whereas if you hire and you pay well, they are thinkers and actually having more brains in the business is good. Not just yeah. doers, but more brains is good. Yeah, I would, I would hire for thinkers because yeah. I think that was one of my downfalls was hiring people that just want to take work and do it. I was like, yeah, but I don't have a lot of repeatable processes. Like, <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of things that need to get done, but not a lot of repeatable processes. So you have to be able to think about why I'm doing this thing, the way I'm doing it and how I'm doing it. And if you can't do that, then you're just not the right person for the job. Thanks for coming out, though. So I and think sometimes, that's yeah, sometimes you get lucky. Like I've got an amazing assistant called Shola and she's based in Nigeria and she's fantastic. And she thinks for me, like if I if I, I'm messaging my clients in Slack and she's in their groups and if I haven't responded within two hours, she's giving me a nudge going, hey, Amanda, did you miss this? Because she knows that I have. <laughs> Um, and that, that's really good yeah guaranteed um, and that's really good because it stops me from spending my whole life getting sweaty palms going what have I missed what have I missed um, and she she is not the most expensive person but she's a really good thinker and I really appreciate her and she knows that and we've got a really great relationship because of it um, nice. Yeah, she's awesome. She's I, I, I would agree that in in, a, in my experience, getting people that know how to think and look at your business and go, hey, based on what you got going on here, I think, you know, you might be better off doing this or that, or have you thought about that? That kind of conversation to me is infinitely more valuable than, you know, I can take that task and do it all yeah. day long inside yeah. notes. A hundred percent. You need a mixture, but mm -hmm. uh if you don't have other thinkers, your brain is going to explode as the business owner. <laughs> because you need more than one thinker in the business. <laughs> exactly. So without blowing up your brain, what would you say is your favorite part of your business? Um I love helping. So this is my favorite part. Uh people asking me questions and me answering them. So I love being a coach. Uh, I wouldn't actually, no, I'm not coachy, I'm bossy. Um, I don't coach people through things. It's like, this, this, I have data that proves that this works, just do it. That's kind of my approach to coaching, which is why I don't really call myself a coach. Um, but I I love helping. My, I love showing up online. I love running webinars. I love my co group coaching calls. I love helping clients. That's my favorite thing. Um, so I guess I love being the technician um, and I love marketing. What I don't like is people. I, I, I'm an introvert. I don't do people. I don't do people in my business. Um, I like helping from a distance. Don't ask me to leave my house. I won't come and meet you face to face. So uh, yeah, that's. The I think there's I... reason I loved you right off the bat. That was... Yeah, yeah. It's like I don't do face to face. I met a client on Monday for the first time. I've never met him. He's been a client for four years. Um, and I, I was like, do you realize I haven't left my house for three years for anybody other than you? So Aww. just like that's that's it. You know, it's I don't do people. Oh. <laughs> Awesome. It's mad out there. I'm not going out there. <laughs> Give us an example of one of your Cinderella stories of one of your clients. Um, Cinderella stories. I haven't got like a Cinderella story because I work with accountants. So they don't ever come to me going, my life is over. Like I have a Cinderella story. I was on housing benefit and had to start a business. But most of my clients tend to come to me with, with either 
great experience or a business that's stuck. Um, I, one of my favorite clients was a gentleman that used to work for one of the big four. He set up an accounting firm, came to me, turnover, revenue was about 200K. And we managed in 14 months to get it over a million. And the way that we did that was by packaging up his services and having him show up online, which is what accountants weren't doing. That was about four years ago. So we, wow. we did really, really well with him. But again, that wasn't just me. It was his personality. Um, but I don't have any of these, oh, they were about to lose their house and now they're a princess. No, I, I'm, I'm still loving yeah. that one because I think too, um, I don't really think people need to hit rock bottom in order to project forward. Um, it's a fallacy I've never liked. It's like, I don't want to hit rock bottom. No, I, go exactly. up. I don't know where this is coming yeah. from. No. And I don't want to do that. But stagnant and stuck to me is, is a level of kind of the yeah. bottom, if you want to put it that way. Like they, they're just not getting beyond that thing. And yeah. if you can't get beyond that thing, you know, that it, that is the, the point yeah. at which, Hey, how do we make this better? And 14 months is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, amazing. And then Jessica uh, has packaged up her services and instead of selling them for a thousand dollars, she's DPA in America, instead of selling them for a thousand dollars a month, she now sells them for between two and a half and three. We've played with three. She gets a bit of friction. So we're back down to two and a half. She's got a methodology and she's got a model and it's amazing. And then I've got another client, Nishi, who's an accountant that is pretty much put his accounting business to one side and has become a business coach. And he made like 150K just selling that service to his current client clients um it's great i love it let me just package you up and let me take you to market so you can sell for more um nice. so yeah i've got lots of normal stories <laughs> nice well i like it when making a seven-figure business is a normal story yeah that is the point of the show <laughs> we, do, we want everybody to get there so yes it's um i was gonna say it's the the idea of packaging accountants because i think a lot of accountants get stuck in the we're just doing your taxes thing and they're not helping small business owners grow and a lot of small business owners don't realize that if you have a strategic tax accountant who actually helps you to build your business that you can do phenomenal and amazing things but if you're not paying them to do that then they don't so <laughs> I, I it starts with like is the pain there yes the pain is absolutely there when you have you know one out of you whatever the stats are, it's probably four out of five businesses going out after a year yeah. now. Yeah. The things that they, they just don't know how to handle their money in the business world, which is totally different than handling your money on a personal note. Yeah, 100%. And the thing that makes me really, really sad, which is why I really want to change the profession, is accountants are selling an old model and it's broken. Uh, I talk mm -hmm. a lot about uh, Henry Ford. If he'd asked his uh, clients what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. <laughs> he didn't listen to them. He created a motor car. What accountants are doing is they're turning to their, their peers that are older, going, how do I grow my practice? And they're saying, oh, you need a faster horse. You've got to do it this way. What I'm doing is coming in and going, here's a motor car. Let's grow your business as a motor car. Um, and accountants don't get that that's what needs doing. Uh, so I've got a double, double whammy. I have to one, get them to buy my products, but two, I have to change their mindset about <laughs> how, to, how to actually sell their services. But it works. Absolutely. So. Just because we're solving their problems doesn't mean we're solving them in the way they think they should be solved. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
<laughs> I love it. So what are some of the stumbling blocks that somebody might be having right now in their business and they're going, oh my God, Amanda, I need you so badly. Is it just that they're stuck in there or what else might be going on? You've probably uh, got a practice of what I call vampire clients. So clients that suck the life out of you. If you imagine literally them ripping your neck out and the blood coming out, it's really quite gory. But these vampire <laughs> clients are the ones that when you get an email from them, you're just like, oh my God, Bob's emailed me. It's awful. Uh, or, you know, they, they're phoning you all the time or they're like, can you just do this? Uh, can you just, you know, sign this piece of paper for me? Yeah, well, just means it's taken me an hour and I'm not going to bill you for it because we haven't got that in the agreement. If you've got a practice that's full of these vampire clients and they're driving you nuts, then I would say you've, you've got what we call a monster business and that monster business needs to be thrown out and start again. So you need to get rid of your old clients and get, get better clients. So that's one of the things. Another one is you're frustrated because you're not charging enough. You know you're excellent, but you're not charging enough. And a third one is if you have a practice full of lots of different apps to help you with the business, but you're still really, really stuck and you're just like, I just feel like I'm on the tools all day, then that's another, another problem that you have. So bad clients, you, you've got the wrong business model and throw it out if, you know, if, they, if it's, if it's driving you nuts, then then don't do it. Why why run a business that drives you nuts? And if you you know if you're over overworked and underpaid, then um, definitely you need some help. <laughs> I love it. So I know our listeners are going to want more from you. How did they start that journey with you? Yeah, best thing to do is Google Amanda C. Watts. Don't forget the C in the middle. It stands for Claire. Um, although other people have called it clarity and confidence. And it's these are the things that I help them with. Amanda Clarity Watts. But um, yeah, Amanda C. Watts. Google me. You'll find me on LinkedIn. You'll find me on YouTube. You'll find me on Facebook. My favorite place to connect is on LinkedIn. And the best place to consume my content is on YouTube. I do videos almost daily um, to help people. Nice. I love it. So I get to ask you at this point, at what point in your life did you know that you were a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? <laughs> I didn't. I, uh, <laughs> I don't think I, I still get imposter syndrome now, like all the time. I, I'm not an entrepreneur. I am someone that has stumbled into a business and I'm fortunate that I've got money in the bank, but I still wake up at night sweating going, I've got to put in some new marketing systems. Like it's going to be a nightmare. So no, I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not a, I'm not a business owner. I, I'm, I'm an ex single mom. I'm not a single mom anymore, but I was a, a single mom on housing benefit that stumbled into a way to make money and help people. Um, so I've never, I haven't got to that point yet, Michelle. <laughs> I love that. I love it. And in your entrepreneurial journey, have there been any bloopers that you can now share with us? Well, yeah, one is when I, I have massive burnout. So that was awful. Don't tell the world when you feel like crap. They send flowers, but they don't send money. Um, uh, that was really, really uh, a horrendous time. And the second one is selling by the hour. So for a long time, I can do your copywriting. I can run your social media. I'm 25 pounds an hour, you know, $20 an hour, that kind of thing. You know, and that just limits you. You're, you're limited by your hours. If you're not working, you don't get paid and you're forever pushing and pushing. So package up your services uh, because I've made way too many mistakes and stayed selling by the hour. And the second one is don't tell people when you feel like crap. Okay, Don't bear all. Show, show. It doesn't mean you have to show the jet and the yacht and everything like that, but just 
show up as a professional business person because they might love you, but they won't send you money. I guarantee it. Love it. You have been absolutely awesome. Any last words for our peeps? Um, just go for it. Like it's, it's going to be hard work. Sometimes it's going to be simple. Some days you're going to work really hard. Other days you're going to have a four day weekend. There is no rules to this. The, the best thing that you can do is be consistent and get support. I couldn't do it on my own. Um, you you got to go out and get support. Uh, I'm not talking about spending 100K on a mentor and that you have to spend loads of money on high ticket. Just learn the basics and be prepared to make mistakes. There's like loads there. I could keep listing off all these <laughs> here all day <laughs> i love it thank you so much for your time i appreciate it and i know how valuable it is thank you it's been great to be here peeps this is michelle nedelec thank you for being here with us today be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with your friends we love helping entrepreneurs grow thank you for listening to seven to eight if you're interested in upping your speaking game be sure to connect with our guests with the links in the show notes and connect with me to see how we can help you get your tech done for you and help your speaking dreams come true.